following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch it. We watch it. Hello, good people, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing. I'm Billy, he's Dave. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, my friend. How are you doing? Me? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm excited about this one. Little little bit of a change up. Our uh, our good friend Sam from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs was um, not available tonight due to it. No. Yeah. I mean, so we, we could have gone ahead without him. We could have, but, but I mean, but let's face it. We we said he was going to be here, and, and I mean. It'd kind of be like the listeners going to see Genesis and then being told that Phil Collins was sick. And, like, Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford are very talented, but it's not why people bought the ticket. No, they bought it for Peter Gabriel, clearly. <laughs> Fuck Phil Collins. 50 years too fucking late. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Peter Gabriel was Genesis. Fuck Phil Collins. Oh, look, I'm saying no, that look, now. No, no, no. Right. No, no, I'm changing. We're not doing what we were going to do. Now we're just going to talk Genesis just for the next five fucking top hours. Top Genesis songs. Like, I'm, I'm all about the early shit, like Foxtrot and yeah. Trespass and Lamb Lies Down. And That's all great. I love my prog rock. But fuck Phil Collins, man. Come on. Man, not, a, not a fan of slimy Phil. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but we're not here to talk Genesis tonight. We are gonna, Next week we're, we're doing Mirror Mirror so you can at least <laughs> like his daughter. We are going to postpone uh, our episode on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania until next week so that Mr. Hurley can join us. Maybe we'll do it as a double with Cocaine Bear because I'm still really keen to get to that. <laughs> we, we need a good Elizabeth Banks movie after that fucking Charlie's Angels train wreck. But so instead, I, I messaged you and I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go ahead and, and do some Quantumania anyway? You know, Sans Sam. And you were like, what if, what if, do you, do you reckon you could throw I said, together? Not without my Sam <laughs> You said, do you reckon you could throw together a list of top 10 movie musicals in the next couple of hours? I was like, you know what? That sounds like a five minute job. Let's do it. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> so this was the easiest list I've ever had to make. Maybe it is just because it was such short notice. Maybe it's because I don't love musicals the same way you do. So it was a small a pool for me to pick from. How did how how did you go with this on sh- such short notice? I did it basically off the top of my head. I yep. di- I did um, like I did my list um, and easily came up with sort of fifteen or so and yep. whittled it down. Uh, and then thought, you know, I better I'll, I'll kick myself if I've left off something I beloved. So I went. And did a quick Google for, you know, and then ended up changing half the list because I've forgotten a whole bunch of shit because my brain doesn't work. Um, ordering them was easy. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that's kind of didn't make the 10 that I feel my heart just clenching it in, yeah. in guilt over. Tell me there's about it. There's some beloved yeah. stuff out that, that, that's not in the 10. But I had to be true to myself. You know, I, I, I had to go, okay, which are, and, and they're not the best 10. Yeah. They're, they're they're my ten. Yes. Yep. Um. But yeah, oh, it was hard. <laughs> I, I could have done a top thirty, I reckon. Well, I feel you. Next week, I'm doing a guest spot on the countdown. We're doing our top ten uh, indie yeah. indie songs of the two thousands. And I have been working on this list for no joke months. And you know, I'm recording in a week. I think I've got my top eight set now, but I still have about forty five tracks. In the, Did any of my suggestions playlist. make your ten? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> and we, we, we know you've got the wrong song by one of your favourite bands in there, but we won't. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so let's let's get into this though. Let's do. Let's talk some musicals. Why don't you kick us off with yes. your number ten? All right, my number ten. Um, now this is I'm I'm sure not going to be a crossover. Um, my number 10 is a movie from 2007 called Across the Universe. Ah, the Beatles. It's a- Yeah. Is this a jukebox Julie musical, Taymor. right? This is Beatles songs. It's it's Beatles songs. It's it's a proper musical. So we, I should say, uh, criteria-wise, <laughs> because it may crop up later, Billy. It, yeah, it probably will. Yeah. <laughs> a, mus- a musical as the genre- Yeah is a film or stage production or et cetera where songs and music are used as a device by the director or, or producer or whatever um, to help convey the emotions and feelings of the characters and progress the story. As a film where characters happen to be in a band and perform songs, <laughs> for example, is not a musical. That is just a film that happens to be about a musician. 
Anyway, moving on. I'm sure this will pop up later. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Across the Universe, uh, Julie Taymor film. Got a very young Evan Rachel Wood, a very oh, young Jim Evan Sturgis. Cameos from such luminaries as Bono, oh. Salma Hayek, Eddie Izzard. Um <laughs> And uh, has a, the, the the cast play characters um, named Lucy, Jude, Maxwell, so uh, yes, uh, etc., etc. Eddie Izzard plays Mister Kite, yep. um, and it, it it's about a uh, Jim Sturgis is a uh, I think he's a shipyard worker from Liverpool from memory. Uh, he's definitely a Liverpudlian. Uh, goes over to the states and he meets young, beautiful Evan Rachel Wood and and her friends. Um, there's sort of Love triangle stuff going on, etc. Yeah, um, it, it's r- quite dramatic. It's it's definitely not lighthearted and frothy, um, but it's just beautiful. Have, have you seen this one, Bill? I haven't. Correct me if I'm wrong. I might be thinking of a different film. Is the gimmick in this one that the nobody in the world remembers the Beatles exist no. except oh, for oh, this no, no, guy? No, 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 no. That's the Danny Boyle uh, right. yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. that one. Um, which is quite good. So this is just a standard jukebox musical. This is just a musical that happens to use Beatles songs and has kind of built a plot around the various, obviously, so many Beatles songs, uh, mini stories. So it's it's Mamma Mia, but Beatles. (laughs) Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, And uh, but, But far less frothy. Um, this is it's set in the 60s, there's a lot of anti war sort of messaging in there. Um, it's not a happy film by any stretch of the imagination, so you'll love it. Um, yeah, cool, but it, it's it's visually gorgeous. There's so many imaginative, um, visual flourishes in it, yeah. And the, the acting's I'm, I'm a huge Jim Sturgis fan, I don't know why the fuck that guy's not in the A list, he's so good. Um, Evan Rachel Woods, obviously f- fabulous. Yeah, and yeah, you know, you, and you've got this incredible um, sort of supporting cast of which a lot of them are cameos. But where else are you going to get Bono, Joe Cocker, Eddie Izzard, and Selma Hayek in the same fucking film together? Oh, Jesus, yeah, <laughs> that's that's an interesting cast. I, I'd be happier if Bono wasn't mentioned. Oh, so- he's he, he's <laughs> he's he's a cameo. I'm I'm. Far from a YouTube fan, um, but I just don't think he's. I don't know of any other film he's ever been in, so it's noteworthy <laughs> if nothing else. Um, but if, if you're even remotely a Beatles fan, this is some, a must see. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, my number ten um, is. I don't, I don't know. Th- I didn't think this one was controversial, but you might tell me this one's not a musical. Uh, yeah, oh, wait, is this the is this the one that I I, I want to take a guess at? I don't think so. <laughs> oh, God, you're, you're controversing all over the place. Apparently. My number Fine. 10 is Pitch Perfect. Would you allow this? Oh, let me just That's, cast my amazing. mind through it. it. It's certainly good enough as a film. <laughs> um, it's, it's I'm amazing. trying to recall if, I mean, they sing constantly, but I yeah. think the characters always know they're singing. Yeah. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good, fun movie. It, you know, it's a, I, no qualms about the quality of the movie. I, mean, uh, I think what, what was it? My number four film of 2012. Yes, like yes, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, so yeah, number number ten for me in terms of musicals. Like I said, the pool. I don't think for me was as big as it is for you, because um, I have. Firstly, I just haven't seen. Well, as you're many a movie spring musicals. chicken. <laughs> I'm an old. <laughs> And you're about 10. <laughs> I've seen a lot more <laughs> stage musicals. Uh, movie musicals are just, I always knew I didn't like musicals, so I kind of stayed away from movie ones. And as it turns out, I actually tend to like most movie musicals. It's just the bad stage performances. Is, 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 yeah, like. Literally the finest <laughs> art form humankind has produced. So, yeah, I mean, I I love the cast in this film. Anna Kendrick oh, is great. Kendrick is just my favorite um, animal. Well, no, Oscar is, but I love Anna Kendrick. And they're, they're almost the same person. And this is this is a franchise that I think really dipped as time went on. But this it first went one's off fantastic. A fucking cliff. It sure did. The, if but- you looked at it, and I'm going to get nerdy mathematic mathematician <laughs> for a bit. If you imagine a a, a graph or graph, because I'm not a pompous twat. Um, <laughs> if you imagine a graph um, that plotted screen time of Rebel Wilson versus shitness of film. <laughs> I think you would find a, a very interesting correlation. 
And that's why the third one in particular just took a nosedive off a fucking cliff because the whole thing's about fucking fat Amy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. First one's right. fucking great, though. Over to your number nine, mate. Number nine, number nine, number nine, number nine. Okay. Number nine, I was surprised wasn't higher. And the reason it's not higher is because the translation of stage musical to screen. Yep. It's always a tricky thing because do you concentrate on making, you know, the, the, the acting and the dramaticism and, and, the, and the story or do you concentrate on replicating the music? Yeah. And in this case, um, the director, Tom Hooper, focused on the drama and he made a phenomenal film. But the songs are not as good as the stage performances yeah. because <laughs> the acting is so good. Yeah. And yeah. he employed the what he claimed was a unique and novel approach of recording the songs as performed during the filming rather than recording them later and sort of splicing them in. Yeah. So obviously musically it's not as good. I'm, of course, talking about Les Miserables. You, of course, are, and um, this is one of the crossovers that we have. So oh, there you go. There are one crossovers. of the ones that this is not one of the ones that I thought would be. But there this you is go. Fantastic. I mean, you and I. It's already. When was it? Not that long ago, we were talking about how fucking good the songs in Les Mis are. Oh, it is. To, uh, it, and, it, and if we ever do stage musicals, spoilers. My number one by a fucking bullet <laughs> is going to be Les Mis. It is the the greatest musical ever written. Yes, I agree. A, uh, but I mean, obviously, source material. It's one of the greatest works of dramatic fiction ever. Yes. And then um, um, Rubel and Schoenberg just did, God, they did good work on turning it, you know, creating the songs to-, to It's honestly it staggering how well it works, given how dramatic and grim the story is to have the the songs that it does and some- I, I, I honestly don't know how it works. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it is, it masterfully bounces between- Touching, lighthearted yeah. things, um, com- you know, fantastic comedic interludes like Master of the House. Yes, yes. And then just the- and then you hit the castle most- on a cloud oh, and you get broken. Oh. <laughs> and then just this uplifting, um, uh, hear oh. the people sing and, and oh, red, the- red and yes. white. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. It's just- um, And Considering this is the fucking guy that gave us cats a couple of years later, <laughs> Jesus Christ, talk about a, a, an interesting career. Um, what it did give us is uh, a unique telling, or representation of this musical where the songs yeah. are incredibly moving. Anne Hathaway is Yeah, they're really part of the drama. Incredible. Really, I, I can't think of another. Like, yes, the technique might have been done before, but I think- Largely in part due to the subject matter of this musical, this feels more like a drama film than it does a musical film. And and the songs, I mean, for people who don't like musicals because they find it weird that people break into song, I think this almost would be one they could get behind because- there isn't a break in the emotion. It's not like someone's in an emotional scene and then yes, they stop and start dancing around. Yes. I mean- Jackman and Hathaway in particular, but but oh, the whole I love cast, Hathaway. Her singing is better than anyone else that year acting. Yeah, she should have got all the awards. Yeah, yeah, and Jack and it's by far the best acting Jackman's ever done, and that Easy. includes Prisoners. And I think Prisoners is a fucking incredible film, but yeah. he is amazing in this. Yeah. Um, but because it's a list of musicals. <laughs> I've got to factor in the fact that the music in this does suffer because the film is better. Yeah. And yeah. therefore it's 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 only my number nine. All right. Well, over to my number nine. Do you want to have a guess at the controversy? I I, I think you know what it is based on Inside what you said. Inside Lewin Davis. No, but that was on my list and I dropped no! it. Off. Oh my god. It I was, was so pleased when I thought, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my list, and I dropped it off to replace it with this. Because you're the world's, because- you're an even bigger folk lover than me. Yes, yes, I love that film, and I loved like that soundtrack. I've got on all of my playlists. Oh, it's, um, it's a cracker. I dropped it off to make way for this film, which I think is, in hindsight, 
I did that because I thought this is more of a musical, but you virtually described it when you were telling me it was not a musical. <laughs> it's the Blues Brothers. <laughs> no, that is a musical. It is. Okay, all right. There is <laughs> no way that all those people doing Dancing in the Street yes. know that they're performing. <laughs> this is a musical. Excellent. And it straddles the divide because- so It does, because most of, of the songs some of are, it is, is just the band performing. Yes, yeah. But the Aretha Franklin song is is yep. not- that That's- uh, that's a musical number. Yep. Um, uh, have you got John Lee Hooker in there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All of those ones. Uh, um, there, there are proper musical numbers as well yep. as performed numbers. Sweet. So this completely fits the brief. You're off. Excellent. The hook. Excellent. Davis, on the other hand, not <laughs> yeah. a musical. Well, that, that's because I did have it there, and then I. That's why I replaced it with this one because I was like, look, if. This is closer, at least. But I, yeah. I love. Oh no, this, this is one hundred percent like qualifies. And I hadn't even. It wouldn't have made me ten, but yeah. it didn't. I didn't even think of it to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I, I'm kicking myself. This is out. such a good, <clears throat> fun movie. I, I first saw this movie when I was very, very young. My dad, he hired it from the video store. And he's like, "Yes, we're going to watch this." And I remember I I must have been maybe five or six at the time. And I remember looking at the case and I was like, why why is it rated M? Isn't it about a band? And he looks at me and he goes, it's about life. I love this film. I think the songs in it are so good. The performances are good. It's so funny. It's so over the top. The massive police car chase. Like, oh, it's just amazing. so good. Yeah. So even though it's my number nine, it was one of the first ones that popped into my head. Mm. My list no. is really all over the place. And I'm going to tell you now, I've got three films that are all penned by the same guy, which I usually try to avoid when making lists. I'm like, everybody gets one. I, 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 I <laughs> culled one that, if I was being true to myself, would be in the top ten, but I, I left it out. And I'll, I'll tell you the reason yeah. why, but it's similar to that. All right. Sweet. Um, so over to your number Blue, eight. Well, just on Blues Brothers, though, it's it's- it's one, and I'm a because I'm a, a, a smidge older than you. Um, the eighties is kind of my, you know, formative movie yep. years, um, and I don't subscribe to the view that a lot of my age compatriots do that everything that we have a nostalgic yearn for is a classic. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them I look back on now and go, you know what? They're just not that fucking good. Ghostbusters, I, love I was it. just going to say, it's Ghostbusters. not that fucking good. That was good. the first thing that came um, in my head. When Goonies, <laughs> I've got a huge love for, but it's—I mean, it's fine, but it's not a phenomenal film or anything. And this, I could do that for a lot of them. There are a few, like Ferris Bueller, yeah. like uh, Breakfast Club, like Blues Brothers that are just as good today as they were yeah. back then. It's not rose-coloured nostalgia glasses or anything. They're just really fucking good. I mean, just about anything John Hughes. <clears throat> I am a massive, massive John Hughes fan. Yeah. I mean, oh, okay, so there's a couple of weird, weird science. steps. Another weird one. science. Still holds up. <laughs> yeah. But he is, he's fantastic. All right, yeah. over to your number eight. Number eight. All right. Tell me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> Oh, my kids got super into this movie. Um, <laughs> must have been about three, four years ago, and we had to watch it all the time. And I, I'm sorry to say this to you, Dave. Not a good movie. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> It is I, one of I it is one of the four Chitty Chitty greatest Bang kids Bang movies so of all time. There are four kids movies that stand head and shoulders above all others. They're all musicals, so I won't name them because they might crop up. Yeah, it's one of them. They were all made before I was born, and that just goes to show you that you can't <laughs> beat perfection, no matter how much technology you've got. Written by Ian Fleming, yeah, of James Bond, Mr. Bond fame. himself. Screenplay yep. <laughs> by Raoul Dahl, for fuck's sake. Come yep. on. Yeah. Um, Dick Van Dyke, and, and it, it, I almost had another Dick Van Dyke film on here, and it hurt me to leave it off. Yeah. But when I really analysed it, I love this more. <laughs> I, I, the, the, I mean, you know I love Anya Taylor-Joy, but- Sally Ann Howes is possibly the most beautiful woman who's ever walked the earth. 
and playing a character called Truly Scrumptious. Come on. (laughs) Uh, That fucking Toot Sweet song. My kids loved that. (laughs) As they should. Gert Frobe, Goldfinger himself, speaking of James Bond in the cast. Benny Hill in there. Yeah. Robert Helpman. I I swear to God. I watched horror movies quite young. I don't know if you did because I know you're a bit of a horror guy too. I was, yep. I mean, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. I oh, yes. Have been, yes. What was that, 84? Oh, I would have been 12 then. I was, but I watched horror movies heaps young. I was watching horror movies before I was 10. Yeah. But Robert Helpman as the child catcher is still the greatest traumatic horror experience of my young <laughs> life. More than any horror movie. He was fucking terrifying. It's pretty and horrific. Sir Robert Helpman. Ballet dancer extraordinaire. (laughs) Talk about casting against type. Yeah. Oh, this movie is just fucking fantastic. Oh, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. Definitely would not have. Didn't even pop into my head. I told you there's going to be some curveballs in this list, I tell you. You wait. You think that's a surprise? I'm. (laughs) You just wait. Well, my number eight. Might be a curveball, might not. I, I'm assuming you won't have this on your list, but I I think we have spoken about this at one point. It's Cannibal the Musical. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't even think of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. There's oh. none on my list. What am I well, doing? I'm going to make oh. up for it for you because I've got three on my list. Um, oh. But oh. Cannibal the Musical was one of the first... You know, let's spill the snowman. Oh my god, we can make him out of clay. <laughs> it was one of the first experiences I had understanding that a musical didn't have to be My Fair Lady or Guys and Dolls. You know, a musical yep. could have not only an element of fun to it, but it could be know, bawdy. Exactly. Yes, and you know, I think Trey Parker. I mean, Matt Stone is the master of that. Like, obviously. Book of Mormon can't make this list because it's not a movie musical. But if it were, it would shoot up to it, number one. And if we um, were doing top ten songs in musicals, yeah, there's one in there that would definitely be in my top ten. <laughs> Don't fuck the baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, this means God. <laughs> this means fuck you. Sadiga <laughs> yeah. like yeah. But I Cannibal the Musical. I still throw it on at least oh. once a year to this day. I got the the Troma DVD, which has a bunch of the behind the scenes on it about the making yep. of it and stuff. Absolutely love this movie. It was one of the first that popped into my head. I can't put it higher because I think Trey Parker has just continued to develop since making oh, this film. Course. Yeah. But the songs in it, you know, Spadoinkle. It's a baked <laughs> It's just, it's a classic. Spadoinkle Day is on my- car playlist that I've yeah. on for the kids driving to and from school. Uh, and, and you know, it, we all sort of sing. It's so yeah. catchy. It's, I mean, the genius of this The idea film. of naming a character Alfred Packer just so you could have the line- <laughs> the Fudge Packer. Fudge Packer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's- um- I just think it's absolute genius the way that this film is both a massive homage to real musicals like Oklahoma and all that Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff, while at the same time really making fun of those tropes. Like the way that at the end of almost every song, they all fall down laughing for no reason. But but not only doing all of that for musicals like Oklahoma, but also doing that for splatter horror movies. Yes, yeah. Because there's- there's Gallons of fucking blood in this. So much. It's yeah. like a com- a comic level. And because yeah. they're in the snow, it's really, really noticeable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it's, I mean, yes, it's, it's fucking low budget. It's a trauma movie. It's. Yeah. But you watch this alongside Toxic Avenger or Surf Nazis Must Die or Class of Newcomb High or any of the other trauma films from around that um, sort of early to mid 80s period. Yeah, and it, it's so patently obvious that these guys were destined for greatness because it it is, even though the budgets are comparable, it yeah. is better in every sense. Oh, and th- this was actually truly independent. They sold it to Troma, but they produced mm. it just on their own. Um, yeah, yeah. Like from memory, the story is that they had to produce a trailer for film school. They made a trailer for this film, and then off the back of it, were like, you know what, this should be a movie. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's just it's brilliant film like for a debut director who's also playing the lead and has written and performs all of the songs it's yeah. it's fucking phenomenal yeah. yeah 
and and best supporting actor obviously goes to Trey Parker's hair <laughs> when he takes off that hunting cap and boing, it's this massive afro. Yeah, I uh, nearly wept. Shocking off. that you left this off the list, Dave. I'm, I'm very disappointed. In I'm, you. I'm, I'm, I can't. Well, as you said, we put these together quite quickly, and I'm now yeah ruining the fact that I don't have any <laughs> Trey Parker and Matt Stone on here because not that wouldn't have made my list. Much as yeah. I love it. But another one that you're obviously going to mention would. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. On to your number seven then. (laughs) Um, Well, in a change of pace, kind of, um, I bet you don't have a Lars von Trier film on your list. No. (laughs) What (laughs) musicals has Lars von Trier made? Um, uh, You'll remember I'm a huge fan of The Northman. Yes. Yeah. And one of the smaller roles in that is played by one of the most gifted musicians of the last 50 years, Björk. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. And it's the first acting role she's had in 22 years. But the one she had before that, she got Best Actress at Cannes, and that was Dancer in the Dark. I've never heard of this film. That's probably just me showing my age. (laughs) It, oh, God, it's so fucking good. Um, You know what? I'm I'm not going to go into the plot too much because I I, I really do want you to watch this. Yep. I I think it's- it's it's worth it, it. It's tragic as fuck. It's it, it's really grueling, but it is incredible. Um, and it, it is this sort of melding of his filmmaking prowess and her musical prowess. Um, so she's obviously the main character. She's the one performing um, the, the sort of song and dance numbers. And it's it, and they're very much her song and dance numbers. So, no, no one else could have played the part, and she was justly deserving of of getting the acting plaudits that she did. Um, I can't recall if she was nominated at the Oscars. Probably not because it's not a mainstream film. Yeah. But um, she she was a revelation in this. Um, right. I, I think from memory, I saw it. Twice at the cinema on consecutive days because it was wow. It it blew me away so much. Um, right. So I'll I'll leave this one at there. Um, but I would be very keen for you to see it and to hear what. Yeah. You think nice. Okay. Uh, are you a fan of hers at all musically? Yeah. Yeah. I I like Bjork. Oh, who uh, I I call Bjork. I've noticed you've been calling her Bjork, and now I wonder if I've been saying her name wrong. My I I, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> Um, I'm not Icelandic and would not pretend to be. Um, I don't know. There's dots involved. Yeah. Like letters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was madly in love with her at, at uni when she was a yep. young poppet in the, in the sugar cubes. And, um, yeah, this this just, yeah, this floored me when I saw it. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, my number seven is one of my very few quote-unquote traditional musicals. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few that I like, but this one, along with Les Mis, I would say is the other one, made the list, and it's Oklahoma. Oh, okay, nice. I don't know why I like this movie, but I do. It's got a, it's got a Surrey on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, there's something about the simplicity of the plot for me. It's not over the top. It's literally just about a couple of people who live in Oklahoma. There's romances. That, I don't know. There's just something about... And the songs are so beautifully simple, you know? Like, oh, it's, it's, like, it's really nice. I mean, that opening number, that you know, is oh, iconic. Uh, oh. <laughs> you don't even have to have seen the musical to know that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, there's just something really sweet about this for me. I just enjoy it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I haven't got it... Uh- there's a lot of kind of those iconic sort of Rogers and Hammerstone, Lerner and like the, the, those. Yeah. yeah, I quite like the- They're Kim almost I all well. done by du- partners where one did the music and one did the words. Yeah. Um, and I sort of grew up with all of those, uh, you know, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Oklahoma yep. Stagecoach, Showboat, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't have- uh, I don't think I've got any other in my list off the top of my head. Um, but there's- I can't think of any that I wouldn't happily sit through. Yeah. They're, they're all just fun. Yeah. All right. So are we up to your number six? Uh, yes, we are. Now, this is a weird one. Uh, 
This is a sequel. Um, is can I just ask is is the is the film it's a sequel to also a musical or is this just it is. like okay all right um, wow and it, uh, the other one could have made my list. This is where I I left it off because I thought oh it's kind of cheating to have two yep. films in the same. So I went with the sequel, which. The, fir- the first film I, um, I think I've got is at eight or nine out of ten. It's pure joy. The music's fantastic. The acting's fantastic. It's nothing but fun. The sequel, however, surpasses it because it's got a – it's better written. I the only difference in one the pre- sequel musical and I, 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 I can't be well, thinking of the right one. The, the only difference in terms of the production team behind between them was – the addition of Richard Curtis as a, 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 to the writing team on the sequel. Yeah. So where the first one is nothing but pure joy from start to finish and really I can't fault it, the second one is all of that, but it also almost makes me cry because the story is so good. The only thing that stops it being a 10 out of 10 film is the worst fucking stunt casting cameo bullshit fucking thing in the last – 10 minutes that hits the movie like a runaway train. <laughs> I still don't know what the movie is. Unless- right, the movie is Mamma Mia, Here I, We Go Again. That's what I thought you were doing. I, I've never seen either of the Mamma Mias because, oh to my be honest, I God. have zero interest. I have always just assumed fantastic. these movies were utter trash. No, you would love them. They are so, nothing so but saying, joy. You're from saying start the sequel is better than the, the first. The sequel, one. If, I if thought it didn't people have share on that. If it share. didn't have share arriving in an unnecessary cameo at the end, yeah, like a, a bomb dropping from the sky and just hitting the film, it would be a perfect film. A perfect film, you say. <laughs> And it's hard because I, uh, you haven't seen them, so I don't want to spoil the reasons that the second one has more kind of pathos and drama to it. Yeah. Um, why it works is that the music doesn't feel kind of much as with uh, Across the Universe, but even more so. This it, it doesn't feel like someone's gone, how do we make a story around these songs? The songs yeah, yeah. fit organically, organically within the yeah. plot. The plot itself would stand alone. You could have it as a not a musical and it would still be a, an interesting and fun movie. Yeah. Um, where Here We Go Again works so well is that it is not only set in the present where you're sort of following the same characters a few years later and Amanda Seyfried's marriage is sort of coming under, there's a bit of strain there, um, but you've also have flashbacks to um, – I'm gonna. I was. All, I almost said Lily Collins. I almost made the mistake Lily you made. James. <laughs> Lily James, the one who I made, is well, in. <laughs> I made a mistake about. She's the one from Downton Abbey. The one who is in Downton Abbey, who is <laughs> fucking stunning to look at. Yeah. Um, plays the young Meryl Streep. Yeah. Right. And you flash back to her and the young Christine Baranski, the young Julie yeah. Walters, as they're leaving university and go on this trip to the Greek islands, where, um, Lily James. Ultimately, you know, it winds up finding she's pregnant and you meet the young versions of the dads along the way and you, it's sort of the grounding for what set up the plot of the first film. Yeah. And you're bouncing between the present and the past and well, it is beautiful. I mean, it's Richard Curtis. He's one of the see, greatest now, writers now of this sort of stuff ever. Now I'm because I still have zero interest. <laughs> but I feel like I owe it to you. <laughs> if you don't cry at the end of Mamma Mia, here we go again. Uh, we'll make some sort of a bet. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll we'll do that at some point for sure. It, <laughs> make, it, make- it's 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 a. I mean, yes, share comes in out of fucking. You've got two uh, sort of late cast additions in addition to the the obviously the cast in the flashback. You've got Andy Garcia who is incredible. He's always great. And then you've got Cher who's <laughs> brash. <laughs> it's fucking Cher. She's yeah. she's no longer an actress. I mean, I love Moonstruck. She uh, I have. No, nothing but respect for Cher as a as a performer, as an actress. She's great, but she is no longer a normal human. She's a Vegas performer, <laughs> and that's kind of an almost another species. And she comes in, and it, it's it, it's 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 it shouldn't be there. 
But it, does, right. it doesn't stop it being a 9 out of 10 film. <laughs> well, over to my number six, um, which is the first animated film that either of us have mentioned. Ooh. It's Beauty and the Beast. I tell you what, I've got the live action in my honourable mentions. Oh, yuck. I hate the live action with you such don't. great passion. It's I do. It's better than the animated. It's not. It's one of the it worst is. films I've ever seen. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. I think <laughs> Emma Watson. Is I think Emma Watson is abysmal in that <gasps> film. I think she cannot sing, and I don't know why she was cast. I like Emma Watson. She she should <clears> not have been anywhere <clears> in that film, as should like none of the rest of the. Co- I hated it so much, oh, Dave. See, oh my I god! I don't like the. I mean, the live action. I mean, the, the animated is fine, but I love that live action. <laughs> oh, oh, this might this might be one. Tell of the me things about the animated one and you'll on love most. it, Billy. It's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautifully animated. The songs are was this the first written. CG film or something? No, I feel like, to my knowledge, the first Disney film that incorporated CG elements was Mulan. That's oh, my okay. knowledge. I don't of know events. why I'm thinking that this was the first one that wasn't cel shaded in the old school. Anyway, yeah, carry no, on. This was definitely this was still traditionally animated. Yeah, and it's animated. Beautifully, well, that's I love even more, the. It's even more impressive if that's the case. I, I assumed. It yeah, I love the style of the animation. I think all of those early Disney ones look beautiful. Like you know, Little Mermaid. The animation still holds up, even though I don't think the movie is as good as a lot of people do. That's um, but yeah. I think that this is easily their strongest musical from Disney. Um, I think you know this is better than The Lion King for me, hands down. The, I've got. I'm not a Lion King fan. No, no, I don't understand either of them. I don't get why it's really. I think Tangled is a better musical than the. Tangled is fantastic, and God, if I had remembered that, that probably (laughs) would have made this list because I have such a deep. Tangled and Frozen are both really even Moana. All all of those last Disney ones, I think, are really good. I think one of the most underrated um, Disney musicals is actually Princess and the Frog, which I think has some fantastic. Yeah, got all that nice. Yeah, New Orleans jazz. Yes, yes. But I think that Beauty and the Beast, for me, the, part of it is probably nostalgia. I just think that there's like, you know, it's just really lovely. I really like the songs. I think the reason I'm not particularly high on kind of that 90s, early 2000s era of Disney things is because I never saw any of them at the time. I didn't yeah, see Lion right. King when it came out. I didn't see this. I didn't see uh, – I've, I've – Caught up with them more recently. Yeah. Uh, I saw Lion King, the animated one, for the first time maybe two years ago. Yeah. Well, I um, think that's the thing because you're you're not like a huge amount older than me, but you're just on the just other side enough. of that gap. Like yeah. Topher's the same. He's just old <clears throat> enough that he was no longer a kid, I guess, when a movie like this came out. Whereas I was yeah, still- so wh- when, was, when, did, when was this out? This was 92, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, see, I was drunk at uni. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, whereas I was, oh, I, I was, was watching Train Spotting. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I think that there's definitely that kind of. You're just on the other side of it. Like you're never gonna appreciate these films in the same way, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But B, I, I'm with you on Princess and the Frog. That's one of the ones that we saw. I, I saw sort of with the kids. Yeah, going back through them. That I I did really enjoy, and uh, partly it's I, I mean it's partly the music I think because- yeah, absolutely because it's funny that that's one that I was on the other side of. By the time that came out, I didn't see that at the time because I was too old for it. See, you clearly already had the kids by then, so so oh, I, no, I, I we saw it like a couple of years ago. Yeah, not yeah, and I'm sure it's older than that. It's it's about ten years old now, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but yeah, that's another one that yeah, fantastic music. All right, uh, so here we are, the top five. Then over to your number five. This one's not going to be a surprise. It might be a surprise. It's not higher. Um, it's the only Sing Nazi the musical. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Not on my list. <laughs> it's this is the the only one of those sort of Rogers and Hammerstein that that yep. era uh, uh, that that ilk of, of stuff. Um, it's and it's one of those. I mean, we talked about how few musicals there are where every single song is kind of like a a hit. 
there's yeah. there's no filler, and this is this is one of those. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing I skipped through on this. Every no, song no. On like off the top of my head, I could name five or six songs from this musical easily, <clears> and every single one is fa- like even you know the songs that would usually be a filler in a lesser musicals. Stuff like you know how do you solve a problem like Maria. Yeah. Or even like the Lonely Goat Herd song. In a lesser musical, to, they wouldn't tell slap as hard as they do. <laughs> Much as with uh, another, what, one of the four greatest kids' movies of all time, which is also a musical that I mentioned before, <laughs> there is, in, in that, there is one song that everyone fucking skips. And yeah. I'll wait till Charlie's the Charlie's mother's song in, in Willy Wonka. <laughs> Laundry Soup song, yes. Yes. Um, there is, I. Climb Every Mountain does not fucking belong in The Sound of Music. Okay, you're absolutely right. It's so funny. It's like it's the title track and yet it slaps the least hard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just stylistically, it, it just doesn't belong. I mean, yeah. she does it well. Yeah. It's yeah. A, a little kind of trite with the fucking light behind her and all the rest yeah. of it. But um, I could do without almost her entire character apart from the very humorous bit where she says, what is it you cunt face? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's – I could do without that song. Yeah. But every other song is, is fucking yeah. gold. True. The story is is beautiful. Christopher Plummer is one of the greatest mo- – you, you've got your Patrick Wilson. Give me young Christopher <laughs> Plummer. Ooh. Yeah, it's true. When he Hello, sings, Ad- when he sings <laughs> Edelweiss – Oh, Jesus Christ. Fucking kills me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, but, and, and child actors, always shit. Seven yeah. of the little cunts and they're all good. Yeah, yeah. That's ac- that's actually, yeah. Even Gretel and what is she, about three? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no, I, I adore this film. I've yeah. seen it. Um, I think I've probably seen this more times than any movie other than maybe It's a Wonderful Life. Just because yeah. I watch that every fucking year. I agree. I actually do love the songs from this movie more than I even care to admit. But for me, it's too long. It's just too long. Like if this mo- and it makes more sense on stage because yeah, you know, you have your acts, you have your breaks. Yeah, sure. He, I just don't think that the flow is consistent for me through this film, which is why it's not on my list. Yep. But yeah, those songs, they're they're good songs. Oh. All right, well, my number five is so far our one and only crossover. It's Lame Is. So straight back to you, which is awesome. Oh, okay. This is on track to be our longest episode ever. <laughs> ah, so it should be. It's one of the best topics in history. Um, my number four, I, I'm Got Money Won't Be a Crossover. Um, I've mentioned on the show before my love of the French director Jacques Demy, um, who our, our friend Chazelle is also a, a big fan of. Um, I nearly had. Young Girls of Rochefort on here, but I could own. I, I limited myself to one of his. So my number four is The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Um, Never even heard of it. <laughs> it's uh, where I said Les Mis might be one that, um, say, a, a non-musical lover might be able to get behind because kind of the, it, the music is so ingrained into the – the plot and it's performed in a dramatic sense. This is the polar opposite. There is no spoken dialogue in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that's not a song is done in that sort of recitative style where it's kind of sung dialogue. It's also in French. So um, <laughs> another hurdle for, for, for those that are not fans of, you know, things that aren't Hollywood mainstream. Um, it's, it's a, a wartime romance between, um, Catherine Deneuve, who's in, uh, was sort of Demi's muse. She's in Young Girls of Rochefort as well, uh, and uh, in most of his other films, um, and is one of the most beautiful women in history. Um, she falls in love with um, this young guy <laughs> whose name is Guy, or Guy in <laughs> French, um, and. Uh, They've got, you know, you've got this beautiful romance that sort of comes crashing to a halt when he has to go off to the Algerian War. Um, so yeah, they stay in touch for a while, and then the letters sort of die away, and um, she ends up marrying someone else and having a kid, and he 
um, has some trials and tribulations. And then years later, um, sort of right at the end, they bump into each other at a gas station and have this moment and then go their separate ways. It's it's tragic and beautiful. It yeah. looks incredible. The colour, the direction, everything. Oh, my God, it's sumptuous. It sounds right up my alley. What year is this? Uh, 64, I think. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm um, adding it's it right. It's, Catherine Deneuve is in her 20s. She's just yeah. breathtaking. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just beautiful. I, I love this film so much. Yeah, nice. All right. Well, my number four is this is the film that I suspect you would have had on your list had you remembered about Trey Parker. It's Team America World Police. No. No, this isn't the film that you would have had. No. <laughs> no. I'm surprised that you think it would be. I, I, nothing against it. It's fine. But they've got a much better musical in their catalogue. I'm not arguing against that. <laughs> of course you've... Oh, I'm sorry, this is only two of three, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> no, uh-huh. I've only seen this a couple of times. I, I really should watch it again. I haven't seen it probably right. since it came out. It's fantastic. I mean, the songs aside, which I know I probably shouldn't I, do I because this is the I, musical it, episode. This wouldn't have even crossed my radar, actually, because apart from America, fuck yeah, here we go. You know, that's, that's the only song yeah. I can remember. Oh, no. That the, and- The, the um, Pearl Harbor song. <laughs> you've got balls, Gary. I like yeah. balls. Yeah. That's, that's so all I can remember from this whole thing. So ronery. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. No, I just think- I mean, the songs are great, but Matt this really Damon. is here for the production for me. Like that Thunderbird style animation, which is all done oh, it's, it's, by it's hand. It's so well made. It is- Stunning. <clears throat> it's stunning. And the amount of work that would have had to go into making oh, it look so shaky and everything. Yes. I'm sure a lot of that is deliberate for the aesthetic and it, yeah. it wouldn't yeah. be easy. Well, it's the same. I mean, I'm sure you know, South Park now at least, yes, the pilot was done actually cut out construction paper. It's done in Maya, which is like the yeah. highest end 3D animation software yeah. you can use. <laughs> and they purposefully make it look like complete and utter shit. And yes. I, just, I love that. <laughs> like, there's something so genius about that. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's. Everything about what they do is so deliberate and none of it these days is yeah. a result of not having money and stuff. It's a deliberate oh, yes. aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So that's my number four. So over to you for your number three. All right. Um, my top three were locked in, rock solid, in the order they are, the moment that we sort of went, oh, we're doing this. So n- my number three is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ah uh, yes, okay. Didn't make, I actually did not even think of this? It w- if if this had popped into my head, this would have been in my ten for sure. Oh, would have been okay. maybe slightly lower, probably eight or nine. But yeah, this is fantastic. Can't knock that. I I have, and, and the only reason that the sequel shock treatment isn't in there is because I limited myself to one per sort of franchise. Yeah. Uh, because I've got a massive love for shock treatment as well. Um, this is the. F- I think this is the first musical I ever saw on stage. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So major props to my parents. Um, <laughs> my Well, my dad. Uh, my mum didn't come. My dad took me. And <laughs> I, I think I've seen it on stage about five or six times, but I, I think the first one I saw on stage uh, or one of the first ones I think had John Farnham in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> as as Frankenfurter? Wow. How did he stack up to Tim Curry? He, he was fucked. He was terrible. Horrendously <laughs> miscast. No, sorry, I tell a lie. Um, I, I saw a revival of, of the original Australian cast with Reg Livermore, and that was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, later I saw, yeah, Farn- Farnsey and Iota as Riff Raff, and, it, yeah, that was a shithouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, has there ever been? I don't even usually find this person attractive. Has there ever been a more attractive person than Susan Sarandon in this film? I don't oh. know what. Like Jesus Jeez. Christ! Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. The, the, the entire cast in this is phenomenal. They really are. This is just it, fantastic. It, it, and the songs is. are great. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you've obviously got a lot of them are carried over from stage, including Meatloaf, Tim Curry. Yes. Yeah. Um, they were all carried over. Um, Susan Sarandon and, and Barry Boswick were new. Um, yeah. Barry Boswick wasn't the first choice. He wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to He's be- young. Um, though, actually. I'm a big Barry Boswick fan in this uh, Who was it meant to be? Uh, mental blank. Um, but but uh, he's the guy that came back in shock treatment to play Brad. Yeah. So um, he was unavailable. Um, but yeah, the whole cast are phenomenal. This, every single song is fantastic. Richard O'Brien, I he hasn't done a lot in his career, but everything he's done, I absolutely love. I love this. I love shock treatment. Yep. He was the host on what I think is the greatest game show of all time, the Crystal – what was it, Crystal Pyramid, Crystal Mountain? Crystal Mountain, I think, um, which if you've never seen any of it, go find it on YouTube. It's uh, – if I if I was ever going to go on a game show, <laughs> that would be it. And he, he yep. was the original host for years and then they've had a subsequent run of them. Richard Aowardi, I think, is the most recent host. Um, but this is such a unique thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, it was a product of its time in the 70s. It was a product of um, O'Brien's life as a as a sort of a gay man at that, at that time of, you know, when punk was on, you know, exploding. Um, but just writing it was, you know, such a brave thing to, to do to come up yeah. with this thing. Getting people to perform in it would have been a challenge. Having it become a hit and to become such a hit. Yeah. Um, I uh, did a brief stint uh, at uni uh, filling in for a mate as um, one of the cast members. I don't know if um, you had the same thing in Canberra. We uh, up, up here we had um, the cinemas would put the, the movie on and you'd have the people being, you know, the cast on, on stage in front of it and it's, it, was, it was a whole audience thing. Um I know our mate uh, Drew Hallam from the Real Feels podcast uh, similarly uh, has a long association with this musical. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the shit out of Rocky Horror. I've lost track of the number of times I've seen this. Every time I get it, you know, I had it on VHS, then DVD, and then Blu-ray. I've got the album on vinyl. I've got, uh, you know, it, I've, yeah, it, uh, nothing but love for this. So, yeah, so that's my three, Rocky Horror. Fucking love legend. It. Over to you, yeah, mate. Great pick. Very good pick. Good pick. Um, all right. My number three is the most modern um, musical on my list, at least. I think it's probably the most recent from any of yours as well. It's Damien Chazelle's La La Land. Oh, yeah. I knew you'd have this. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely the most recent. I think the most recent of mine is probably the Les Mis. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I love this film. I think it's- just so beautiful. Again, it goes back. To, I mean, clearly, I've kind of shown what it is I like here. It's the simplicity of it. It's just, it's just a very simple romance story between these two parties, and the songs are absolutely beautiful. The production, that opening number, that's all that Stunning. one take. And if you've ever seen the behind the scenes of that, where you see this cameraman like jump, like jump backwards yep. onto this crane, go up in this, like it's. Fucking fantastic. I love this film. I know that it's quite divisive, and I think that that's weird. I don't understand how anyone can not appreciate this to some extent. The mistake wasn't that this got read out. The mistake was that it was actually Moonlight that won. Well, yeah, like I, I <laughs> love Moonlight this as well, won. but this, this should have won. Yeah, I, I love this film. Yep, so there we go. That's my number three. Yeah, I'm really keen for you to, uh, to see Babylon now because- I'm keen yeah, as well. Yeah, just yeah. The, the filming of that opening and that. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I actually was listening to um, um, the first couple of songs off um, the La La Land soundtrack only this morning in the car. It's yeah. it's beautiful stuff. Love it. Yeah. Justin Hurwitz, everything that Chazelle and Hurwitz have done together has just been phenomenal. It's magic. Like, it's, a, yeah. it's a really good partnership. Yeah. All right. Over to your number two. My number two. Two is from 1979, a film by master director Milos Forman, who gave us such 
Wonderful films as One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Amadeus ah, and People versus Larry yes. Flint and Man in the Moon. Love that film. Yeah. Um, and it is the film version of the iconic musical Hair. Right. I have not seen Hair. <laughs> it's um, This is another one of those uh, every song is a winner. Yeah. You know, there's, there's enough variation, like with Les Mis, between funny songs Songs that make you cry, songs that make your heart sore. It's it's got yep. all of that. Um, I mean, hair is. Correct me if I'm wrong. This age of Aquarius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it also gave us yeah, yeah the the closing moments of forty year old virgin. Um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, the the story concerns a Oklahoma farm boy called Claude Bukowski, who um, gets his name drawn and gets drafted to go to Vietnam. So leaves Oklahoma, jumps on a bus, heads to New York to report to the draft board, um, gets there sort of the day before his appointment and has time to kill. So he's planning on sort of seeing the Statue of Liberty and seeing the city and bumps into a small group of hippies led by Treat yep. Williams' character George Berger in Treat Williams' fucking career-defining role. Um, he sees Beverly D'Angelo riding a horse as it plays this young debutante and sort of gets the hots for her. And these hippies decide they're going to show him the real New York. So he gets, they, they pump him full of drugs. They, 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 <laughs> they get him arrested. They um, have a bunch of fun and sort of open his eyes to a different type of life. And um, during the course of that sort of, make friends with Beverly D'Angelo's rather prim debutante character. And then things start to get a bit more tragic and the war starts to become more of a factor. And the, the ending is just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. Right. Um, I didn't know that it was that much of a drama. I, I knew that it was mainly, you know, it's notorious because it, there was a lot of onstage nudity. nudity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which in uh, the, the musical came out a fair bit earlier. I think it was late sixties. Um, yep. It took about a, a decade for the movie to get made. Um, and yeah, that that's that notoriety sort of overshadowed the quality of the show. And the show itself is brilliant. Yeah, right. Musically brilliant, dramatically brilliant. Um, the cast: John Savage is fantastic. Treat Williams, it's it like I said, it, it is the pinnacle of his career, and he's a, a very sound actor. Um, yeah, it's it's. I love this. Um, I've nice. seen it so many times. I've got the soundtrack. I play it all the time. It's it's fantastic. Nice. All right. Well, my number two, um, again, is one of those early musicals that showed me that musicals didn't have to be stuffy; that they could be silly and over the top. It's Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> I love this musical, um, based, of course, on a film that was famously made in, like, two days or something with no script or anything. I was going to say, isn't it, the original's like a Corman thing from the 50s or something, isn't it? It is, yeah. 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 <laughs> and this is just fantastic. The songs are brilliant. Rick Moranis and Steve Martin, you know, all of these big names in the 80s just doing incredible work, some of their best work. Um, I, just, I I love this. I'm assuming you've seen this. I've never seen it. <gasps> Are you kidding? Holy shit! You the musical guy. And it's just, I've something seen about musical, it just you- never appeared. It always just looked silly. I didn't. It's, I, I, it's I, I've never read or heard anyone rave about it, so it's never really crossed my radar. It just I just <laughs> always assumed it was kind of. I mean, I there know. is like an inherent level of of silliness, of course, and it's kind of campy in that kind of 50 sci-fi movie way which it's obviously spoofing on quite heavily that's all right but so it's rocky you, horror no, nothing wrong with that ex- exactly you would like the songs i'm certain that you would like the songs in it um it's just a good fun time this is oh this is fantastic you have to watch this you have to watch this tonight <laughs> <laughs> well i won't i will wait i'm assuming this is something that's kid friendly yes, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll wait i'll watch it with the kids Excellent. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but but Alrighty. I will but I will do that this week. I, I, I <laughs> Report back. To, yes. <laughs> All right, over to your number one then. Here we are, top of the show. Yeah, my number one was never gonna be anything other than this. It's one of the few perfect films that have ever been made. Um, Can I take a guess? Sure. 
Is it singing in the rain? Of course it's fucking singing in the rain. <laughs> I, I knew this would be your number one. This, yeah, tell, I, tell us it, all about it. It is just, it's incredibly clever in, yep. in the way it captures, both lovingly captures and also parodies the transition from silent film to talkies and, and sound. Yep. Um, there are incredibly funny scenes of how they approach that and try and sort of keep up with the momentum of the jazz singer and so on. Yeah. You've got a dream cast of, with Gene Kelly, um, uh, Donald O'Connor, who's just unbelievably talented fellow. Um, Debbie Reynolds, that, that trio is just one of the most fantastic um, collections of, of actors and, and chemistry between them in, in movie history, I reckon. Um, yeah. The songs are fantastic. Uh, the title song, obviously, as we mentioned, talking about Babylon, wasn't written for this. It was for um, Hollywood Review of 29 or whatever it was called. Yeah. But deliberately called back in this because they're referring back to that period in, in, yeah, in the course, film. Yeah. Um, but- um, some of the sequences, the make uh, the, some great dance numbers oh, too. That, my, like this is one of those musicals where it's not just the music; the dancing is this, fantastic, the, the, the which whole, isn't always the case. The whole Gene Kelly, Kelly's whole sequence of um, uh, the Englishman in New York's stuff, where that that whole yeah. it's a pro- one prolonged sequence um, with him and oh, I'm going to blank on her name now. Um, famous singer dancer. Anyway, um, which when I was younger, always felt out of place, and I was I always wished I could skip it. But yeah, uh, I now appreciate it enough to think it's one of the high points. Um, but the the make them laugh sequence with the three of them, yeah, dancing, doing pratfalls, singing—it's just movie magic. Every yeah. track, every song in this is is incredible. Um, the plot line itself is engaging. You've got this fun sort of um, sitcom style, will they, won't they romance with Kelly and Reynolds. Um, I'm blanking on her name now, but um, the actress that plays the, his uh, offsider, um, what's her name, Lily Lamont, um, from the silent days, who's got the horrendous horsey voice that doesn't transition to sound. <laughs> yeah. it's ju- she's just comic gold as well. It's everything about this is magic. It's it's a nice. perfect film. I, I knew this would be your number one as soon as this topic started. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> all right. Well, do you want to have a guess at my number one? Oh, oh big, long, grown cut. Absolutely, yep. it is. Yes, <laughs> yep. South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut, which I think is Trey Parker's magnum opus. Yep. I think 100%. everything about this film is fucking fantastic. It is fall out of your seat funny. Like it is one of the funniest films that has ever been made. Agreed. The songs are absolutely brilliant. From those opening notes that kind of parody Oklahoma. There's a bunch. Oh, of Mountain Town is just like, amazing. Every single song, I cry in What Would Brian Baitano Do? And I can't explain why. I don't know why. My wife laughs at me every time because not even just when watching the movie, if that song comes on in the car, I shed a little tear. <laughs> like There's something so emotive about Parker's songwriting and in this film. We, we, we spoke about um, Les Mis, but the parody of Les Mis, oh, it, oh, um, yes. that is yeah. so, Viva la resistance. Oh, so clever. <laughs> so cl- It is. And, and it is. We, we, um, the... the Sort of last third of the song where you've got all four of them singing all of the medley, uh, yeah. the medley, yeah. just brilliant. <laughs> yep, and even just the plot of the film, I think it's actually just insanely clever that it's this film oh, about it's, it's censorship and just you know, it's just taking fucking a stab at so many things. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it, you. I could you could imagine that it was released a decade or, or more later in the Trump era and was. Kind of spearing <laughs> yeah. that rather than what would it have been back in Bush Junior or or thereabouts, but it's yeah. take it takes so many stabs at sort of right wing America and the whole yeah. blame Canada. Oh my god, just blame Canada skewers so much of of 
that right wing mentality. Yep. It's it's incredibly clever. And you know what? This gives us a great bookend back to the start of the episode because <laughs> Blame Canada should have won the Oscar, and you know what it lost to? Fucking Phil Collins <laughs> <laughs> for Tarzan. Um, <laughs> we know is- how wrong those song things are. White Noise wasn't even fucking nominated this year for best song. <laughs> All right, so there we go. That's our that's our top ten musicals, movie musicals. This was this was fun. Yeah. Something different. I, I'm gonna um, I feel like going and watching one or more of them now. Yeah, I might I might have to go watch Bigger, Longer, and Uncut right now. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe I'll yep. watch that. <laughs> well, all right, there we go. What are we getting to next week then? I guess we already said it at the top of the episode, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting to Sam Hurley. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Next week, uh, Mr. Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews and Twenty Qs will be joining us to chat all things Quantumania, and I don't know. Let's see if we can throw some uh, cocaine yeah, bear we'll, on we'll as well. Shoehorn a bear in there as well. <laughs> And uh, I'll just plug it one more time that, yeah, next week I'll be on the countdown doing the uh, top 10 indie songs of the 2000s, which if you want to hear me talk music, which you and I, we have plans to do some music discussions, you know, at some point as well. So head on over and check that out. And um, I also, this this is really fun. This weekend, I am recording a commentary track. Oh, do tell. (laughs) Um, M Higgins from the Tasteless podcast. Oh, she's I have been, lovely. I love her. Yes. We've been asked to do a uh, DVD commentary track for the 1950s classic Conquest of Space. So, have, that's, even <laughs> I haven't seen that. Have you seen this film? I have to watch it tonight. I've not seen it. it I'm expecting some mystery science theatre style. Yeah. Oh. I, th- I mean... Em and I, I think, I think that's what it's going to be. So this is this is going to be a lot of fun. So we're recording that um, this weekend. So oh, I don't, jealous. I don't know when that, I don't know when that Blu-ray is dropping, but I'll, I'll plug it here when it does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. I would love to do that. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.